Welcome to the Protectors Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Piccolo. Hey, welcome to the Protectors Podcast. I'm here with two great guests today, Kenton and Lindsay Stacy. How are you doing today, Lindsay? I'm doing pretty good. I know you and I are both wrangling our kids while we're trying to do a podcast. So this is yeah. the life of the podcast. This is the reality, people. This it is, is awesome. Reality. So the reason we have you on today is you guys have a great inspirational story. It's still, Thank you know... You. I've been following you a while on social media. I really wanted to bring you on. And I think it'd be great if we could talk about you and your background with Kenton. And we'll just start from there. Of course. Um, so Welcome to San Diego, right? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to San Diego. Kenton and I, we met in probably, I'd say sixth grade. We didn't start dating until high school, but... In our hometown, there's like four elementary schools and everybody meets up in sixth grade. So he was always in my homeroom. So we knew of each other, but like we didn't hang around the same people. So he's obviously Kit and Stacy, and my maiden name was Schistler. So we were in the same homeroom, middle school, seventh and eighth grade, junior high. And then my freshman year of high school and his, we were in the same grade. He sat right beside me in study hall and used to tease me about some guy sat by. He looked like Joe Dirt and just teased me. Obviously, I was into him and he was into me and kind of dated on and off probably our sophomore year and then like committed to each other junior and senior year. So we graduated in 2002 and we got married in 2004. Oh, wow. You say yeah. you guys been together for a, a great time now. Yeah. <laughs> now, where did you guys it's, grow up? Was it Ohio? Uh, yeah, Greenville, Ohio. It's a little farm town. It's about 45 minutes northwest of Dayton, like real close to the Indiana border. Did he always plan on being in the military or was just kind of one of those? Oh, was no. It? It's my fault. <laughs> no, he was really big into like BMX biking and he actually, you know, thought he was going to be pro and... Obviously, that didn't happen, but he did a year service for Habitat for Humanity um, right out of high school. And then after that, he went to the Ohio Fire Academy and he was on pretty much our first year of marriage before he went into the Navy. He was on the Greenville Fire Department in Union City. Um, I don't know if it was the Indiana side or the Ohio side, but he was on their auxiliaries. And he was just trying to find full-time work. I worked at AAA in Richmond, Indiana. We lived real close to Indiana, so that's why um, we both kind of worked in a different state. But um, he just couldn't find full-time work with the fire academy. So I just always was looking up. And back then, you saw to look in the newspaper. So I saw an ad, and it was a 1-800 number. And he called, and... Long story short, it ended up being the Navy, and um, he ended up going to the recruiting station. They lured him in, so, and we were already married at that point, and I remember once he joined, like, I actually had to sign and consent for him to join since we were already married. 
Oh, wow. I never heard of that. That's great. Yeah. I mean, you have to get your wife to sign for you to go in the military. Yeah. Yeah. Now, was EOD his first choice? No, they actually, and it's different now, but he actually wanted to be just a fireman in the Navy. But all they had available was Hall Tech. So when Kenton joined, you actually had to go to your A school. So he went to Hall Tech school. And then he went straight to EOD school. So if you failed EOD school, we actually went to dive school first. So sorry, back up. He went to dive school, then the EOD school. But if you would have failed either one of those, he would have been a hall tech on a ship. But he went to dive school. He obviously passed that. And then he obviously passed EOD school because he was originally only going to do the Navy for like four years for the civil service points. And he wanted to go back to Greenville because they told him they were like on a hiring freeze and they actually ended up not being on a hiring freeze. So that kind of always hurt him. So it was pretty tough to go through dive school even back then. Oh yeah. It's changed, but I mean, that was no. So coming from a civilian world, was he in good shape already? Yeah, he actually, um, I think when he was at the fire Academy, he just, I mean, he always was a fit guy, but just really got into the weightlifting. And yeah, I would say he's always kind of been a runner. I feel like the older he's gotten, he kind of stepped away from the cardio more. But um, he was a runner. He did cross country in junior high and and actually in high school. He's always been on like individual team sports. He wrestled and he did pole vaulting. That's uh, so a real athletic, real, it's almost like the the stereotypical SEAL slash special operations type guy and EOD yeah. guys. And so, yeah. Definitely. So that must have been a big adjustment, though. I mean, you guys have been together for a long time, then all of a sudden you're a military spouse. Yes. What was that yeah. like? I feel like it was exciting um, at first. And I mean, obviously, when I went to college, but um, the, our first time away from each other was when I did my college internship at Disney World and he was at the Ohio Fire Academy. So right before we got married, we were probably about three or four months. That was our first time like away from each other. Yeah, it was exciting, but wasn't really used to yet being away from one another. But I kind of got that when he went to boot camp and then he was at A school. And when he was at dive school, they let me live on Eglin Air Force Base. Oh, so, so that's good. I mean, yeah, it's good. at least you're around other spouses at that time. Yeah. So how many times did Kenton deploy? He was gone um, on four combat deployments. Wow. What yeah. was that first deployment like? The first one was kind of nerve wracking and I didn't know what to expect and I was just scared. I mean, you know what their job is. So, but we had had Logan at that point and we were in San Diego and we just decided to be the best if I just moved back home with family. And so I feel like that really helped just living back with family and just really helped me get through the deployment. So did he re-enlist at that time? Like after the first deployment? He, yeah, he was on his first deployment. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh... Yeah. So you know there's going to be more danger to come, but you can't yes. really prepare yourself yes. for that. No. Ever. <laughs> and then no. And then um, when he was actually deployment, he called me, and he's like, "They're really hurting for people on the East Coast. Do you want to move to Virginia? Well, it'll be closer to family." So I was like, "Sure." 
I mean, we loved it out here, but I think with Logan and everything we went through with him and all his medical needs, we just kind of wanted to be closer to family. So we lived in Virginia Beach for seven years. He went from Mobile Unit 3 out here in San Diego to Mobile Unit 6, which they brought Mobile Unit 6 up from Charleston to Virginia Beach. So he actually was put at Mobile Unit 6, and he deployed to Afghanistan out of Mobile Unit 6 twice. Oh, man. So what is it like to have know your husband's going to go on multiple deployments? It was hard. I always say, though, that his shore duty was harder for me than the workup cycles and the deployments because I feel like I thought shore duty was a break and what division he was in, parachuting, what he wanted to do and what he loved. It just wasn't a break. So I felt like that was actually harder for us was his actual shore duty, actual deployments. Yeah, at least you're doing your actual real mission on deployments. Yeah. Just training, training, training. Right, right. And the reason I ask you a lot of these different questions, because, you know, I talk to a lot of like the military and first responders and a lot of people that actually, you know, you know, are in service and stuff like that. But the other part of this podcast is talking to people who support them. And I tell you, man, being a military spouse is incredible. I don't know if it's a job or duty or it's a a combination of both. And, you know, it's kind of really what I want to talk about is about you and about how you deal with all this stuff. And, and then talk about, you know, you and Kenton's relationship. And, you know, I could kind of tell you, you're almost in a military mindset where you're like, there's a deployment. He went, he came back. It was tough. It's like you kind of get into this, you tell people all the time, but there's like really a big drain to it because you're right. holding up the home front. So, I mean, that's crazy, you know? Yeah. Now, how many kids do you guys have? We have four. Logan is 11, Mason seven, Annabelle's five, and Sadie's three. Wow. I mean, that's a yeah. that's a huge spectrum of kids too. Yeah. That's a lot to hold on to and handle. Went through a lot with our first one because I was pregnant with triplets. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we, we've been through a lot. <laughs> Definitely. That's one thing I just want to tell your story about. Just so people know that there's right. two battlefronts. There's one overseas, there's one at home. Yeah, and especially after what happened to Kenton, yeah. fighting this incredible battle. We sure are. Let's get into that a bit. So Kenton's on his, the last deployment he had was in Afghanistan? Yeah. Um, Syria. Oh, Syria. That's where it was. Yeah. 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 He was at the training unit at Fort Story in Virginia Beach and. um we were trying to decide if we wanted to stay in Virginia or if we wanted to come back out here and let the kids experience something new. Because, I mean, we'd been in Virginia seven years, and with Logan, we're not allowed to go overseas with him. Guam is an option or road to Spain, but you had to be stateside and close to a major military treatment facility. So it was Virginia or San Diego. So we went back and forth quite a while. And we decided that we wanted to come back out here and he was put on a team pretty quickly from checking in and he was on a team that was supposed to go to Bahrain and they actually pulled him from that team and put him on the sister platoon that was going to Syria. We found that out about April and um, he was set to leave in June and just when he told me that, I'm just like, with all the news, I'm like, I don't want you to go over there. Like, 
you literally are supposed to re-enlist on this deployment. You can get out in December. We'll figure it out. I just, I didn't want him in Syria. I'm like, you've already done your time. You've done three combat deployments. So you, don't, you don't need to go somewhere else. You're due for a diving deployment in Bahrain. But he's like, nope, I want to go. I need to go. And I find out later that he felt that he had to prove himself because in EOD, there's basic tech, senior tech, master tech, and he had failed a couple of the master techs. So he felt that he needed to prove himself to the EOD community that he was still this great guy, which really the boards, it doesn't prove your operational side. It's more your PowerPoints and Ken's a very hands-on guy and he's very good at his job. So, I, I mean, that was hard to see him struggle with that. Well, that's the toughest, you know, and everybody always yeah. says about the alpha male, but he really yeah. is. I mean, he really is an alpha male. And I know I, I have a ton of friends that are very alpha. And mm-hmm. it's not just about proving yourself. It's about proving yourself to your friends and everybody else. It's like this hidden thing where even though nobody thinks any less of you, but unless you prove right. it, then it's right. always going to be there. Right. And that's how it very much is in this community. So. No, I, I give him a lot of respect, definitely. And I read his stories. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to go into it a little bit. We don't have to go into the event itself, but just whatever you want to talk about, we're here for you. All right. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine to talk about that day and whatever you want to know. I know I think they were on like a three-day mission, and I think they were on their last mission, last day. And they were partnering with the local forces and... It was actually, they were, I think, getting ready to go on the second floor of the hospital. And and it was actually their job to go in and just see if they saw anything suspicious and clear the rooms. Well, I guess, um, I believe Ken already knew something was suspicious in this room. and But it was their job to clear it. And they went up, they came back down, I guess, maybe 20, 25 minutes later and said, it's clear. Ken and his team member went up. They're like, yep, they didn't do the job. So they go back, send them back up. They're like, you didn't do it right. You need to clear it again. They did the same thing again. So Kenton told his team leader, go grab them. We're going to do a brief and go over what they need to do. And um, I believe a local security guy, he branched off from the briefing and went into that room and Kenton was going in to stop him. And that's when it went off. So we don't know if they never did. We're able to get a post blast. I think maybe the British did, but we're really not sure like what happened. I know Kenton and his team leader, they said there was like a suspicious metal cabinet and it was starting to get cold out. And there were these really nice, just pretty blankets folded nicely. So Mm. that already was red flag to them. So they don't know if the guy being a local went and grabbed one of those to take and, or if it was how many times people went in the room. Yeah. We just, we don't know, but I feel like a lot of people don't know like really what happened, but like he wasn't working on anything. It wasn't, it was literally just a, a fluke accident and you're at the wrong place at the wrong time. Wow. So yeah. he's injured. Did you, what happened next? 
he literally was three weeks away from coming home. So that's the hardest part too, that he was so close to just for their turnover to get there and just to be done with the deployment. Um, and this was our first deployment with four kids. So from there, our son's birthday was November 8th. And I remember talking to Kenton and we were up at Legoland um, and we spent the night at the hotel. We spent the night and Kenton's mom was there helping me. My mom and his mom helped me out a lot during that deployment just because it was the first one with four kids and it was a lot. And it was over the summer, so kids are home during the summer. So anyway, his mom was there, and it was just easier. We were going to go into the park because it wasn't open on Mason's birthday. So this was November 9th. I'm like, I'm going to go put all the bags in the car and check out of the hotel. So I went down to my car and put bags in. I had already checked out, and I see on my phone, it's the like the 808 number. So I know that's the SAP phone. It's a Hawaii number. And Kenton had Wi-Fi, and he was calling me a lot at the beginning, just from his personal iPod. And But he had recently started um, calling me from the sat phone again. So I picked up the phone, and I was like, why is Kenton calling me this early? And it, it wasn't Kenton. It was the CO. And his CO, they were on there like... And I was at the battalion deployment, so he was in Bahrain. He pretty much told me that Kenton had been injured and was kind of vague. Said just briefly kind of what happened, what was going on. And um, I feel like that day sometimes still so blur. Um, and I wish that I would have wrote down like the events on the phone but I just I do remember that it was very vague because there was still so many unknowns but he promised that he'd keep me up to date on anything that Kenton was en route to Baghdad and he was very good about calling me with all the updates and him and the CMC were on their way back so he got hurt on the 9th and he was already on his way back and um, got to San Antonio November 12th and this was 2017, right? 2017, yes. So it's been two years. Yeah. He's finally, finally yeah. getting home now. Yeah. I think it was 22 months and 11 days. Now, have you gotten a lot of support from his uh, friends and family? I'm sure, but from oh, the yes. chain of command as well? Yes, yes, yes. They have been amazing. Every week they sent an EOD tech or a diver pretty much anyone that wanted to volunteer. Even when he was in San Antonio, the command would fly them out. They had a week of duty. Their job was to be there for Kenton and the kids and I, which was so helpful. So I know a lot of EOD techs haven't had that support. And I mean, we're just very thankful for that. And I mean, even with him being out of the hospital, they said they're always going to be here for us. And so yeah, it was nice. You always had them there, had that extra set of hands helping with Kenton or, or helping with the kids or anything that we needed. So Kenton's home. What was that like actually? Yeah. It was very surreal. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the way. You can almost track the social, but yeah. Yeah. You can almost track like his progress. If you just go back to your social media and you see it, then all of a sudden it's like, wow. Yeah. It's just, it's hard to believe it's been that long, but. I mean, you can just see it in his face, how happy he is. And 
I'm my sure. goal is to keep him uh, from going back to the hospital. I mean, I know at some point he'll probably get sick and he'll have to go back there. But so, what can we do to help? If you could, um, you know, yeah, the good, I just, the good wish fairy was coming. I mean, <laughs> how could like everybody else support you? You know, you have the EOD community. You have a lot of a right. lot of the different communities helping out, but. The big picture is we owe a debt of gratitude to your whole family and Ken. Thank you. And it's a tough topic to talk about. Right. Because Kent was injured. He's, you know, suffered horrendous wounds. Your whole family suffered. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the best thing we could do is just try to support you as much as we can. Right. I mean, my biggest thing is, I mean, I want a miracle. So praying for a miracle finding research. I know um, I've looked into taking him to China and I mean, there's just, it's I mean, a good it's, day and age to have, to have this injury. I mean, there's so much on the brink. It's just, again, knowing the right people and making sure that, you know, it's safe. Well, and making sure like, Ken's story yeah. keeps getting told too. Oh yeah. I never want him to be forgotten. So He's never going to be forgotten, no way. I hope not. <laughs> this, this I Stacey, hope not. The new Stacy mission is going to be, Yeah, you know, you're going to have a lot of support behind you. I can guarantee right. you that. I mean, we'll accept any, anything, like, <laughs> we, we really will. Now, what can we do to help? Now, do you have a GoFundMe or, or anything like that? Yeah, we have a, we have a GoFundMe. I can send you the links. It's oh, definitely. Just, we'll, we'll post it yeah. up. Okay. Yeah, we have links following our story, sharing our story. Again, I just, I never want him to be forgotten. I'm in the process of just writing a book because, like I said to you, things are foggy. I, I never want to, when I get old, I don't, I don't ever forget about this. I don't want the kids to forget about. Now the old adage, everybody has a book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I know we're going to be working on a documentary. I just, he sacrificed a lot and I never want him to be forgotten. Never. Now, had, did Kenton want to convey anything during this? Um, well, here's the other thing. When the IED hit, it um, damaged his voice box and vocal cords, so he actually doesn't have a voice. Okay. So I have to read his lips for everything. <laughs> yeah. It just, yeah, it's definitely a new mission. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, well, thank you so much. I mean, I can try to see. I mean, he has like a little like no, a, that's okay. a voice of a mouse, but <laughs> it's okay. um, it'd be better like if we could do like a video or something and then you could maybe hear a little bit or you can see him like move his mouth because he is all there and he has a mild TBI, but... He remembers everything before the event. He just doesn't remember that day, which I wouldn't want to remember that day either. So, yeah. yeah. His short-term memory sometimes is touch and go, but he's still Kenton and he's just, he's so happy to be home and we're just thankful and happy that he's here. Now you guys have some Facebook pages (laughs) up and you have uh, Instagram and I'll link everything to that. Okay. Yeah, it's the uh, EOD Stacy Strong Project on Instagram, and 
it's the EODC Kitten Stacy on um, Facebook. And then we have our original as a closed group, and we still post um, on that as well. It's the hashtag Stacy Strong. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you coming on today. Oh, of course. And, and give my um, best to, to Kenton as well. Thank him for being there. Of course. I totally will. And yeah, let me know if you ever like um, a video or something. Definitely. We'll, we'll make that happen. Yeah. So we're definitely trying. I mean, there's so many people that are just willing to help and try to see if Google could do like a lip reading app. And That's some of the doctors idea. that... Um, UC San Diego talked about maybe pulling his voice uh, from like past video recordings and so that it's actually his voice, but in just trying to get his, having his cataract removed really has helped. We're going to get his like communication device going so that he can actually at least use that and talk. It's like an eye gaze method. So there's a lot of things out there, but definitely it's the age of technology as well so that's it is great for that aspect yeah well i really so, yeah. appreciate it thank, thank you, you. Lindsay. oh of course